We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to Minute 44 of The Cast Next Door, where we love your mother's cookies. I am your host, editor, producer, Darren, and with me today I have two returning podcasters, although only one of them has been a guest on this podcast so far, and that is my first guest, John, returning from Minutes... 33 to 36. Hello, John. Hello. And also returning, host of around 30 episodes of our previous podcast, uh, making her debut here on this podcast, uh, it is Sammy. Hello, Sammy. Hello. Now, we are in minute 44, uh, which concludes with a few seconds from the previous minute. Uh, wherein, after having a near-death experience, Kevin finally got the uh, courage to ask out Ali Callahan of Callahan Hardware. Um, and at first she was reluctant to say yes, uh, but then she got the nod from resident hunk Noah, uh, and then she said yes. Uh, and they are going to the fall fling, um, which I believe is happening... I don't know, in a few days' time or a week time? I'm not sure. The The time period in this thing is not very clear. Uh, but it's happening soon. Um, and once we've had a little bit of Ali and Noah exchanging looks, uh, we then cut to the Peterson house at night. And Claire and Garrett have been out somewhere, um, which I don't think has been previously alluded to because uh, um, a few minutes before this, you know, um, Claire got some flowers from Noah and I don't know. I, it, they, I, they, we didn't see the beginning of this date, but we're seeing the end of it. Um, and then we see Garrett and Claire in the Peterson house in the hallway. And uh, Garrett comes in with a punchline to a joke, uh, which Claire finds hilarious. Uh, and then they get to some smooching. Um, and then Claire kind of pushes him away, uh, and then she sort of admits that something's been going on while they've been separated, and then our minute ends. Well, my first observation was, like, Allie, uh, Allie made a really weird face when she exchanged looks with Noah. It was kind of like this half smile, and she, like, lifts up one shoulder, but... It's like, it would be a cute move if she looked happy, but she doesn't look happy. So, I don't know what exactly we're trying, we're supposed to extrapolate from there. It's, <laughs> it's, I think it's, uh, I gotta go out with this nerd. Uh. Not to go too much into the previous minute, but right. she, she turned Kevin down at first uh-huh. when he said, he did this classic setup of, I need some nails, I need some wood, and will you go out to the cinema? And, you know, he kind of put her, the request to go out with her in the middle of a list of hardware stuff. Smooth. Yeah, and 
she flat out said no. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a funny moment because it's basically her true feelings are expressed in that second where she's like, no, I'm not going out with you no matter how hilariously um, you you ask me. Uh, But then she's like but i'm not i've got no one to go to the fall fling with me Mm -hmm. and at that point then she's like so do you like you know we could go to the fall fling and then kevin is super excited about that and then he runs off and that's just what we've caught the end of essentially as this minute begins okay uh is his is his joy that ali has said yes um but the weirdest thing is noah was in the store the whole time kind of hiding out of shot and he's revealed in the in the previous minute like mid conversation while Kevin's talking um and he doesn't say anything to Kevin he just smiles as Kevin goes past uh and then we get like the start of the look which basically continues into this minute of him and Ali yeah where you say yeah she doesn't she's not i mean she's she doesn't seem particularly happy that she's going to go out with Kevin Peterson <laughs> right so what we're meant to read into it is kind of like um you know there's something going on they're in cahoots together right it's Noah the uh, Noah the puppet master pulling yes. his strings Noah's manipulative with his hotness um but I, I and I also noticed that Ali seems to be on like a much higher plane than everybody else like just spatially like she, Noah looks up like quite a bit to look up at her yeah she's on some ladders Okay. Is, <laughs> but which, I just... Which we don't... Like, okay, but here's the thing. This is the only minute of the movie I've watched. So, for me, like, just imagine not having that that context, and I just see Allie from the, the chest up, and she's, like, floating in the sky, it looks like, and Noah's looking down, and the kid, like, runs away, and you're like, how much higher up is she uh, to buy things? So, I, I just thought it was funny. It does make her look like she's like an eight foot giant. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing: in the previous minute, that like her camera angle looking down on Kevin mm-hmm. made him look like he was a ten year old boy. Like it really made him look young. Well, right. He kind of um, is. I mean, you know, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think. I think. Um. Ian. Ian Nelson is the name of the actor who plays, um, Kevin, and he is. He's 20 now, but at the time of filming of this um, film, he would have been like 18, ah. uh, which I think is the age he's meant to be. But of course, you know, we're so u- we're so used to having s- screen children played by older actors, right? That an 18 year old playing an 18 year old looks like a 12 year old. Well, like, yeah, the actor who plays Noah, I believe, is 29 or was 29 when they were making this. I think he's only 28. Oh, 28. Um, okay, but, but yeah. he's still. That is still someone pretending to be a 19-year-old. Like, the kind of, you know, like, the almost 10-year difference between him and Kevin is, I guess, I mean, Sammy, you would notice that in this, because when, as Kevin runs past, he doesn't look like he's one year younger than... No, no. uh, Ryan Guzman. Yeah, I caught... Ryan Guzman looks like a... Yeah, I caught the last few seconds, he looked like 13 to me, but I watch Pretty Little Liars, so I have no context for what people under 20 (laughs) look like at all. (laughs) You get a tiny bit of um, uh, Lexi Atkins. Mm -hmm. Now, I I mean, I'm I'm trying to find here if if we can find her age, because the film kind of presents her as being the same age as Kevin, but again... She said, "I don't think her age is listed." Well, what they I've, what they do, at, what I notice is that they'll have like the hot kids and the regular looking kids in anything, you know. And the hot kids are cast 
they're played by like 27, 28 year old actors and actresses. And the normal looking kids are usually closer to the actual age of their characters in a lot of these, you know, just from my teen show experience. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that Lexi Atkins is older than like eighteen, which I think is the age she's meant to be portraying. Because later on in the film, in a, in kind of like ten minutes time or so, uh, she will be naked mm-hmm. um, with Ryan Guzman. So, um, you know, but I, I'm guessing she's not like eighteen. I'm guessing she's a little bit older than that. Yeah. Um, but apparently, she was also in Ted Two and Zombievers. So, wow, good for her. Um, but anyway, like that is not what the most of this minute is about. Most no. of this minute is about um, uh, the, <laughs> I guess, a married couple coming back from a date, <laughs> which is, I mean, the thing that the thing that's notable uh, within this minute that obviously, um, you know, if you haven't watched the rest of the film, Sammy, you would not be aware. <laughs> but the shot of Garrett's car pulling up. Um, we are seeing that from inside Noah's bedroom. That was my uh, guess. Which is, I was like, yeah, the whole boy next door thing. He's there. Probably going to be a lot of voyeuristic shots from like his window. You know, that is. We get Garrett and Claire coming back in his car. Now, here's the thing. In the next minute, we will find out that Garrett has been drinking, uh. um, and he's been he's been drinking so much that he ends up staying the night so i don't think he should have been driving no he probably shouldn't have been and they seem to be having a perfectly nice time because usually if you know somebody's attempting to drive after drinking you know at least the the spouse would get annoyed with them for doing so but she seems like nothing's amiss yeah actually i didn't notice if he was actually driving um, uh, he was because she just dri- definitely you could see her in the passenger seat when they pull up in front of noah's house mm-hmm. being over here in england uh that would be the reverse of where people would be sitting yep. so uh, well yeah so to me that would appear like she was driving um but yeah yeah so, uh, yeah he, he shouldn't have been driving really right but you know, we 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 are introduced for the first time, and this will this will be explored more in a few minutes' time uh, next week on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're introduced to the to the inside of Noah's bedroom mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the film when Claire and Noah had sex. For some reason, they had it downstairs in the uh, the living room rather than going up to his bedroom. So, well, they couldn't. They couldn't uh, control their passion for long enough to go upstairs, Darren. It was the couch of, <laughs> it was the couch of opportunity. Yes. And, in, and in, a ra- in, a, in a rather odd twist, when we see Claire the next morning, she is sleeping alone on the couch, whereas Noah, I presume, has gone up and slept in his bed rather than sleeping <laughs> on the couch. He's a, he's a total gentleman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about like the bulk of this minute, which is uh, Claire and Garrett, uh, they come in with this... this, this for the second time in this film, we get the ending of an anecdote rather than the whole anecdote where Garrett is like, she didn't have a head. And Claire's like, oh, God. And Garrett's like, oh, he's stupid. And she's like, stupid. <laughs> and it's such a... I, I mean, I guess they like the two actors, they seem comfortable with each other. And I guess that is what this this kind of little bit of the scene is trying to is trying to convey to us is that they're a married couple. Right. And they they have a shared history. You don't necessarily feel like they've been separated, even though they have. They've been, I mean, they're meant, to, they're meant to, at this point, have been separated for nine months. So you would expect there would be some distance. But, you know, they get a bit of drink in both of them and they just forget about the infidelity and whatever, you know, like... We only get a tiny bit of dialogue because most of this scene is Garrett kind of, in a moment of passion, slams the door. 
Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, I don't know where Kevin is in this moment. I can only assume he's upstairs playing on the computer that he got for his birthday, <laughs> uh, which was a very important plot detail early in the film. Um, because he doesn't hear the door slam and come out and be like, oh, you know, my parents are home. Um, which is something that he's been pushing for a little bit. Right. Um, and so Garrett then begins kissing Claire, and uh, because it is Jennifer Lopez, his hand moves down to her behind. He's got to get that booty. Yep. He has to. I mean, it is unavoidable. If I, I mean, I feel like this point in the film, you know, we've managed to go, and this is almost the half. I mean, we're slightly past the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you discount the um, the credits at the end. Uh, and this is the first time that really attention has been drawn to Jennifer Lopez's behind. Really? Uh, which, yeah. I mean, there is a, there was a scene earlier where she tried on some shoes mm-hmm. and she looked at her, herself in the mirror and for about half a second she turned in profile mm-hmm. and you could see it. Yeah. Uh, but this is the first time that anyone has really uh, attempted to grab it or draw attention to it. Now, John Corbett makes some, what I'm going to say are terrible kissy noises as he starts <laughs> to kiss her neck. Yeah. He moves, he moves down from the face and he starts to make, the, like, this is the point at which you're like, oh, wait there, this is like a 50-year-old man and a 45-year-old woman kissing. <laughs> and the noise does not sound pleasant. And I don't really want to be watching this. Uh, and that's the point at which Claire says, I'm not ready and kind of pushes Garrett away. Um, who dares to ask the question, is there someone else? And... Claire kind of half admits there is, but Garrett just talks over the top of her and doesn't really pay any attention, which yeah. I feel is one of the roots of the problem of why they have been separated for nine months. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's all about him. Yeah. So, I mean, any thoughts about this kind of, um, uh, this husband and wife getting intimate? He doesn't want to wait. I yeah. mean, he just goes right at it. Yeah. I, I, you could tell it. Uh, you know, coming as a newcomer, uh, I don't feel that the problem is that he's not into uh, Claire, uh, but uh, there are probably other problems given that he, uh, first of all, she is holding the door open for him before the kissing begins, and so she wants him to leave, and he just grabs her. Um, so it is definitely all about John Corbett in this whole, in this marriage, you can tell. Um, and I, I just, my favorite thing about this minute is that Claire delivers the line, no, but we were apart. It was nothing, but it just made me realize how lost I was. And what I love about JLo as an actress is that every line sounds like she could break into song at any minute. <laughs> um, because I was like, oh, this is kind of like, this is almost sounding like the talk singing before like a particularly good like slow jam that she's about to burst into. So um, that was my favorite part of the minute. Unfortunately, she does not sing at any point during this film. Damn it. Which I feel was, which, which was a completely lost, neither her nor Kristen Chenoweth sing. Right. Um, which is a missed opportunity, really. Yeah. You know, this film... Um, could have done with some musical numbers at some point. Right, or or um, at least a really banging uh, song on the soundtrack with the two of them in a duet about friendship or something. I don't know. That would have worked. <laughs> yeah. Although, been. we've, it's been discussed a few times that Vicky is the worst friend in the world, so that really wouldn't work within the context of the film. But yeah, I, some singing would have been nice. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see where this is going. I, I did watch a few minutes before this, but I haven't watched beyond this minute, so I don't know 
what's going to happen next. So I think it's I think it's funny actually that she was holding the like obviously they're apart. Garrett isn't living there. And right. She is as Sammy said, she's holding the door open, almost as if to say Okay, good night. Bye. Great, you know. bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go and get back in that car that you clearly purchased as part of some kind of midlife crisis that involved <laughs> this mistress and drive away. Like, don't, you don't need to stay the night. You're okay to go. We drove here. You can drive to wherever you live now. Go back to that apartment. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that he kind of, um, you know, he's the one that slams the door and starts all the kissing, um, which... I'm going to say that happens a lot to Claire in this film. <laughs> Men keep, like, kind of deciding that they are going to start kissing her, and she has to say no and force them away from her. Uh, and, I like, uh, you know, both Garrett and Noah have this thing where they think that Claire wants to get intimate and start kissing stuff, and every single time she has to keep saying to them no, and they don't really listen. Um, and that is kind of like a theme that goes throughout this whole film is people just don't listen to what yeah. Claire Peterson wants. Do people just, just um, perceive her like, please exit my house face as please grab me and <laughs> suck my face face? <laughs> like, I don't know. It, yeah, this, there seems to be a lot of mixed messages from <laughs> that people are getting from Claire. Because yeah. I feel that, that that door hold was fairly like... Right. You know, it was it was very obvious that she wanted him to go somewhere. Right. And it wasn't like yes. on this side of the door, it was on the other side of the door, but you know, he I mean, I all fair play to Garrett. He this is his wife and he has been making overtures to get back with her. Right. Um, you know, such such as attending the the son's birthday party and a few minutes before this they had like a family meal. So, I guess he could have seen this as one more step towards them getting back together. Right. He's mistaking passivity for passion. Yeah. And so, I, you know, he, I figure... I mean, if you're Garrett, you have to say to yourself, look, if I just leave that, 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 that door, there's no chance of me grabbing um, J-Lo's behind. Right. But if I slam the door and grab her behind, then at least <laughs> I've grabbed J-Lo's behind. And if she says no, then i just got to go back to my sad apartment. Right. Um, from his point of view, I can see why he decided just to go for the book grab. Right. That, you know, for him, there's no downside. <laughs> it's um, true. It's true. And, you know, like, uh, y there is motivation there to escalate the perfectly pleasant date uh, to, hey, you know, we're so passionate for each other. Don't you want to get back together so we could do this all the time? So I get it. But still, whoa, yeah. John Corbett, calm down. I... <laughs> yeah and um i th i think um uh, like we're kind of halfway through the film and i think that like in the few scenes that we've had between um garrett and claire i feel like both actors have done a, a fairly good job of um of playing a couple mm -hmm. um you know sometimes it's like hard to i mean i i i don't know under the circumstances um because you know kevin is around 18 19 so if we assume they've been going out about 20 years um i'm not sure i fully understand the circumstance under which a 25 year old j-lo decides to go out with a 30 something um john corbett i'm gonna have to confess i don't know what john corbett's actual age is here but i'm mm -hmm. gonna guess he's a few years older right and I, even as as good looking as um john corbett was 20 years ago I am not sure that he was ever up to J-Lo's uh, league. So, you know, you have to... You, first of all, you have to get over that hurdle of... I don't know why she would have ever said yes to going out with him. Um, 
but I think as you know, two forty somethings, I think they do a fairly good job of portraying, you know, a marriage kind of on the rocks, but sort of trying to work it out. I I, uh, I, I mean, do have to say, it was funny yesterday. My roommate and I were watching. Uh, we we love to watch bad romantic comedies. And we were watching Serendipity, and John Corbett is also in that film, um, which is from 2001. And uh, I was just saying, I was like, my mom thinks that John Corbett is like the single most attractive man on the planet. And so does my roommate's mom. So he's mom approved. Um, I don't think he's bad looking, but he's definitely mom approved. He's got mom appeal. Yeah, I think it's probably, you know, Greek wedding and residual from Northern Exposure and... Sex in the City. And and Sex in the City. And, you know, he's the Walgreens guy. So, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess if if you were trying to appeal to the demographic that this film is trying to appeal to I mean maybe John Corbett is exactly I mean you've got John Corbett and you've got Ryan Guzman and I have a feeling that John Corbett appeals to you know the 40 something mothers who went to see this film right as does Ryan Guzman, probably. Yes. <laughs> um, and then Ryan Guzman brings in the daughters of those mothers and maybe, you know, like the younger sisters and whoever they're babysitting that they've taken to the cinema or whatever the situation is. <laughs> so sure. there's kind of, with, with both John Corbett and Ryan Guzman, you've got a widespread of, you know, different people that you can appeal to all in one go. Yeah, you've got a good um, spread so, of man know. candy going on in this movie. <laughs> I mean, for me, John Corbett has tiny eyes. I mean, maybe that's just me, but I think his eyes look like tiny little slits. I mean, (laughs) so I guess if you're into like really small eyes, there's a few key scenes that he's in. You know, this film is mostly J-Lo. Right. Um, And in a few scenes, it's Ryan Guzman by himself. A few minutes before this, saving the life of of Kevin. Kevin. Yes, he saved saved his life because he had some kind of asthmatic attack, and he jabbed him in the leg with a um, with an epipen. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, which, which doesn't make any clear, sense. Clear and uh, and like a natural progression of the film, <laughs> the plot. Uh, yeah, well, the weirdest thing is is that like he seems to be having an asthma attack, and I'm not sure that you can use an epipen. And this is something I discussed in that particular minute <laughs> to, to stop an an asthma attack. But I, you know, movie logic. Uh, John, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no, I'm good. I got nothing special happening right now. Okay, other than, you know, minute 33 to 36 of the That's podcast. That's true. Yes, that is true. Yeah. I am on those minutes with uh, Andrew and uh, John Colby Cook. And Sammy, do you have anything that you wish to plug? I have a I have a tiny letter newsletter that comes out at undetermined intervals. Um, if you go to tinyletter.com slash spockgirl, S-P-O-C-K-G-R-R-L, uh, you can get uh, a semi-regular newsletter called Highly Illogical, where I write about ghosts and uh, books that I'm reading and stuff like that. So uh, that's a thing. And you have a Twitter handle as well? Yep. Uh, Spock Girl, S-P-O-C-K-G-R-R-L. That's me. Thank you very much to both of you for joining me uh, for this quiet, quiet minute of the, the Boy Next Door. Things obviously are ramping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay tuned next week for those minutes where things start to get crazy, where I will also be the host uh, for four more episodes. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for listening this week, and thank you very much for listening to this episode, and good night. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to a Talking Cast Presents The Cast Next Door. I was your host, editor, producer, Darren, with my guests, John Muggleton and Sammy C. Like us on Facebook, 
follow us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad, or download new episodes from the castnextdoor.wordpress.com, or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Artwork by Josh Hollis. The Boy Next Door is owned by Blumhouse, Smart Entertainment, New Yorkan, and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is the first edition?